0: I almost burped it didn't work
1: sorry
2: <laughs> jake do you know what that's from spongebob oh okay cool wow I Watched
1: have... that in oceanography in high school
2: really that sounds fun
1: yeah uh welcome to the show everybody i'm jake uh i'm here with cassie and alex and this is the death by music podcast and uh welcome hope you enjoy
2: that was a very warm and welcoming introduction yes. Appreciate it. So today, we well, we're trying to go off of suggestions again because we've been coming up with our own shit to cover for these mini episodes for a while now, and it's getting tiring. So you guys sending us stuff is very helpful. Today, we're going to cover something that my ma'am sent us, which she was featured on last week's mini episode while she was in town, Music Trivia. And she sent us the uh, behind the meaning of the song Black Betty. By Ram Jam. Cassie. Ram Lam. That's it. Thanks Ramble for lamb. listening. Goodbye. Rest in peace. <laughs> it's actually something else and I don't know what it is because we're gonna raw dog this article. Where Jake is. Mm. From what I understand. Oh and it's by a guy named Jacob. Uiti.
0: Did, Did you write that? Yeah,
1: that's weird. Uiti. 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 <laughs> like the cereal? Uiti.
2: No it's spelled U-I-T-T-I. Uiti. <laughs> so this is from AmericanSongwriter.com. And you guys all know the song, Black Betty, right? Bam,
0: Do you want me to play it? Oh, it's close Black enough. Betty.
2: Bam, lamb, That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I like it. I like the song. It's catchy. It's, 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 <laughs> that one.
0: It's
1: got a lot of energy. <laughs> Thank you. Same. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that song. I know some people that don't like
0: it. Because what? I,
2: I had it on my radio station. Is there and their
0: ears work?
2: That's a good question, and I'm going <laughs> to ask you. my boss that next time because he does not like Black Betty at hmm.
0: all. I'm does like, does he not weird. know what a hype song is? It's a good rock and roll record. The thing about
1: songs, especially blues songs, is their origins can often have long roots. That is especially the case with the hit track Black Betty from the 1970s British American rock band Ram Jam. I didn't realize they were British. The song, which was made famous more recently in the 2001 film Below, that 20 yeah, years that ago. That was
2: very recent.
1: <laughs> as an all-time rocker buoyed by the big guitar and a and a big voice. But while it rose to fame again in the early 21st century, the song's beginnings started in the early 20th century. Okay. The original song Black Betty started as a work song sung predominant, predominantly by black people in the early 20th century, though its roots may have uh, may even extend beyond that into the 19th century. Hmm. While it may seem obvious, the song is about a woman named Betty. That meaning is likely not accurate, at least not entirely.
2: Sounds like it could be a work song. Like
1: it would be interesting to hear a version of that, like like an actual, like an original, like an style, old school version, an original yeah. style version of that, yeah.
2: Cassie's on it. Uh-huh.
1: The song like many early blues songs has ties to the great songwriter and performer Lead Belly. Another famous tune attributed to him is In the Pines, made especially famous famous by Nirvana in the band's MTV Unplugged performance then called My Girl. Some sources claim that Black Betty was written by Lead Belly, though others claim that he adapted it from earlier from even earlier versions. Because of its populist origins, the song has many recordings. More recently, Tom Jones took a stab at it. Hmm. But the most famous in a modern day is Ram Jam's rock version, which is sung with slightly modified lyrics. While you may think Black Betty refers to a woman, others claim it's a nickname for any number of objects, including a bottle of whiskey, a whip, or even a penitentiary transfer wagon. Uh, In Northern England and Southern Scotland, wrote David Hackett Fisher, the term Black Betty was often used for a bottle of whiskey.
2: That makes sense. The
1: euphemism was later adapted to the country regions uh, of the Eastern United States.
0: Yes, Cassie? I have a um, an article here that says that Black Betty was a 1970, 1977 rock song used to rally fans at a University of New Hampshire ice hockey games for perhaps a decade, but it is no more. Oh, is
2: that where it came from? Was the hockey games? No, no,
0: no. <laughs> but they don't use it anymore because it's considered theoretically racist. What? Um, the NAACP deemed the Ram Jam version of the old song offensive to black women th- over three decades ago and... The university had com- received complaints about it for years. Um, they, the, a student group studied diversity at the school and said the song should be banned. So they pushed to outlaw it.
2: I would have never like, thought that it was about specifically a black woman. Even when it was a work song, they weren't talking about a woman. That seems like one of those things where being PC is like going a little bit too far because that's not even what they're talking about, but because you hear the word black in the lyrics, then you're like, whoa, whoa, racism. And it's like, what? So anyways, back to this article from American Songwriter. In
1: 1736, American founding father Benjamin Franklin published the Drinker's Dictionary and referenced the term writing "He's, He's Kissed Black Betty. Other older references include the U.S. wedding tradition in which two groomsmen are pitted against one another in a race. The prize? A bottle of whiskey known as Black Betty. Okay. (laughs) According to Caldwell's illustrated combination, Centennial Atlas of Washington County, Pennsylvania in
2: 1876. Well, there you go. I I wonder what sort of research they did. Well,
0: to use it for hype music, I don't know.
2: I I mean, I guess how it may be inappropriate for like a sports game. Right. But- I still don't feel like the song itself is racist. Maybe it's inappropriate for
0: Inappropriate sports. for sports, but, <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> okay, strange. All right, continue. In
1: 1934, in the 1934 book, American oh, here we go. This Ballads is exactly it. and Folk Songs, John A. and Alan Lomax write, the, write that Black Betty is the whip that was and is used in some Southern prisons. Mm-hmm. There are several more references in early 20th century writings to the term referring to a whip. Still, others refer to it as a synonym for the Black Maria, uh, which was wow. a term used for the automobile that transferred prisoners to their holding centers. In Life Flows On in Endless Song, Folk Songs, and American History, author Robert Vells writes, as late as the 1960s, the vehicle that carried men to prison was known as Black Betty, though the same name uh, may have also been used for the whip that so often was laid on the prisoners' backs. Bamba Lamb. Bam. In more modern references, a Black Betty may have been a fast car or motorcycle. Hmm. According to reports, the song was first formally recorded in 1933 by U.S. musicologists uh, John and Alan Lomax. It was performed a cappella by convict James Ironhead Baker and a group of prisoners at Central State Farm in Sugar Land, Texas. At the time, Baker was 63 years old. That Lomax recording was supplied to the Library of Congress. The song also appears in altered field recordings taken uh, taken in 1934, 1936, and 1939 by musicologists.
2: Being a musicologist sounds pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So they're
2: like going around at the dawn of recorded sound and taking these yeah. things that they are they are deeming culturally important and making sure that there is a record that's really fucking cool Mm -hmm. because when you think about it back then like any of those folk songs those all would have been lost Mm -hmm. on today if somebody didn't stop and say this is important cultural material and like we need to like get audio recordings of this shit because they're not in a big swing band or whatever the whatever kind of shit they were listening to back then (laughs) that was like had the money to go be recorded they're like this is important and we need to Mm -hmm. We need to make a document of this. That's pretty fucking cool. Be interesting to hear those recordings. I know we heard oh, some yeah. old ass recordings with Robert Johnson.
1: Yeah, Robert Johnson from and, around uh, the
2: nineteen is early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, and it's super interesting to hear because he only had a handful.
1: Well, that it, it's it's really cool just to hear those early artists too. Before blues was even blues, yeah. technically, and uh, like like Sunhouse, we've mentioned him several. I've mentioned him several times. You're, he's you're a pre, boy. Yeah. Sunhouse was uh, Robert Johnson's kind of mentor. Mm-hmm. But if he's got some recordings, if you go listen to those super early recordings, I, I, they're in the 20s and 30s, I do believe. Like they're yeah. so interesting to listen to just to hear the style. And the the way the music is constructed,
2: and, and just how and the it actually playing. recorded, because like yeah. I feel like recordings didn't really get super crisp until the early '60s, and you can hear that music today, and it sounds like it, you know, it could have come out yesterday, whatever, because the recording quality is about yeah. the same. But from the '30s, that's so interesting, and what a cool last job to have, yeah, to be a musicologist.
1: Lead Belly, who had a strong relationship with the Lomaxes, uh, recorded a version in 1939 in New York for the MusicCraft Records label. Musicraft released that recording that year as a part of a five disc album, Negro Sinful Songs Sung by Lead Belly. Lead Belly's version was also recorded a cappella uh, with hand claps. Later versions, though, utilize guitar accompaniments. In 1964, for example, Odetta Record recorded a version with musical instruments. In 1964, Dave Ray recorded a version of the song, and in 1968, Manfred Mann released a version of the song on their LP, Mighty Garvey. I almost said gravy. Mighty Gravy.
2: Mighty gravy. Mighty Garvey.
1: That song was titled Big Betty. Man's uh, band performed the song for the BBC, but it was never released. The lyrics to the song are as much rhythmic placeholders as they are bits of a story. For example, read the first stanza from the Ram Jam version below and notice how it is a staccato as an electric guitar.
2: Whoa, Black Betty, Bamba Lamb. Whoa, Black Betty, Bamba Lamb. Black Betty had a child. The damn thing gone wild, she said, I'm worrying out of my mind. The damn thing gone blind. Yeah, that is a problem. If you just have a child and they randomly go blind, that's a little bit alarming. I said, oh, Black Betty, whoa, Black Betty. Bam, ba-lam.
1: On the face of it, it would seem Black Betty is a person, but in the eyes and mind of an artist, many objects can be personified. And a song with many interpretations is the best kind. Perhaps, as such, there is no real meaning. Just many meanings that many people can grasp onto if they so choose. It continues.
2: What? Oh, oh sorry. Oh, you're going
1: to read the rest of the lyrics?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way. <laughs> Whoa, Black Betty. Bamba lamp. Whoa, <laughs> Black Betty. Bamba lamp. Do you want to take over the Bamba lamp parts? Sure. It's a little overwhelming mm. for me. Mm. She gets me really high. Bam lamp. <laughs> you know that's no lie. Bamba lamp. She's so rock steady. Bamba lamp. And she's always ready. Bam, blam. Whoa, Black Betty. Bam, blam. Whoa, Black Betty. Bam, blam. Get it. I I could see this being about alcohol.
1: Yeah, I could, too. I mean, you could definitely, what it you could apply kind of whatever you want into this song.
2: Yeah, it's just songwriting.
1: Yeah, and whatever the definition of Black Betty is, that's, you know, I guess that depends on where you're from. Yeah. What your experiences are with that term.
2: All right, so the Ram Jam version here.
1: Frontman Bill Bartlett formed a band called Starstruck early in his career. While in that band, the musician took Lead Belly's 59-second version of Black Betty and released a uh, revised version on his band's Truck Star label. It became a regional hit. Later, producers Jerry Cassinets and Jeffrey Katz formed a new group around uh, Bartlett in 1977 in New York City, which they called Ram Jam. They released a version of Black Betty, uh, and it became a national hit. It reached number 18 on the single charts in the U.S., and it was a top 10 hit in the U.K. and Australia. Since then, the song has appeared in a number of pop culture arenas, including the 2005 film Dukes of Hazard and in-figure skater Javier Fernandez's performance at the World Championships in 2015.
0: And in the pilot episode of Friday Night Lights. The show, not the movie. I feel Why like that's a football that? thing. It is. Yeah, it's a great show. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, it appeared in blow as mentioned before, and in video games as well. When the Ram Jam version was released, the NAACP and Congress of Racial Equality called for a boycott due to the song's lyrics. That boycott failed, however, and the <laughs> song rose to the charts. Rose up the charts in 1977, and the band's self-titled debut album hit number forty in the U.S., number four in the Netherlands, and number three in Canada. It was the band's biggest success and remains so to date. As mentioned, Tom Jones attempted a cover which has earned success for its modern bent. Other notable versions include renditions by the hard rock band Spider Bait and a big-voiced Lincoln Poe. No. Larkin Poe. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I a think big... they're
2: country, aren't they? Maybe. Poe. Oh, a
0: good. Larkin Poe okay. is a rock band, says the internet. Oh, I've heard that name before. Oh my gosh, their font looks like Lincoln Park. <laughs> I hate that.
2: <laughs> okay, so that's the story of Black Betty. That's super interesting. I had no idea that it was like an old folk song, but I guess you can kind of hear it.
0: Mm-hmm. But if it's you a, slowed it, it down a little bit and just
2: yeah, it took the added more took emotion. the electric guitar out, mm-hmm. yeah, and put a little bit of like soul in it, then yeah, I could definitely hear that. But I think it's a. I think it's a great song. Mm -hmm. So I know there are a bunch of rock artists that basically took old blues and folk songs and kind of like reinterpreted them. Led Zeppelin did a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can tell if a song is really good. If you change the genre completely and it's still awesome. Holds up. Yeah, it holds up. Mm -hmm. So that is interesting. That is the story of Black Betty. And I think we're going to do... Some more song meanings history. behind, yeah, yeah, like song I history. Like that. So, fun. if you guys think of anything, uh, next we'll probably we'll probably do "Smoke on the Water." I know that that one has a fun. This is not really fun. I wouldn't call it fun, but it's got a story behind it. So, if you guys have anything that we can talk about, then let us know. You can join our Facebook group, which is the easiest way to get a hold of us because Jake doesn't. Well. Jake's not going to talk to you no matter what. So. No. <laughs> Sorry, you're out of luck there. But me and Cassie are pretty active in the Facebook group. If you yeah. send us a message on Instagram, we're not going to see it for six months. <laughs> Four. And, <laughs> and I don't even know if Facebook messages are a thing for our page. I have no idea. Or send us an email. I, I think
0: at- I don't think anyone's ever messaged the Facebook page like that. I think they mostly just comment. But, I mean, if you can, we'll probably be able to figure it out. Who knows?
2: I don't know. I don't know. But we do... Uh, Yeah, we look at the emails and we look at the Facebook group. So thanks to everybody who's been active and we will be returning very soon with full episodes for you. We're going to start with Bessie Smith. And super interesting. If you want to just do some research ahead of time, then you can watch. There's a a movie called Bessie, which has Queen Latifah in it. That I think it's on Hulu. Maybe it's on HBO, but you can watch that and listen to our episode on it later where we'll tell you the real truth because movies usually don't
1: is that one kind of along the lines of the madonna one or is it just uh, not madonna. not as what do you mean madonna um
2: Maryland. The Marilyn
1: Monroe one that just <laughs> oh, came out. Oh, no,
2: no. The Marilyn Monroe one was fucked. That wasn't even real. Yeah, that was I know based that, was, on a fictional that was just somebody's book.
1: story they just wrote.
2: Yeah, they were like, if I were going to make up Marilyn Monroe's life, then this is what it would be. That one was called Blonde, and that was dumb as fuck. I started watching it, and within the first, like, five seconds, I was like, okay, well, this is already wrong. Right, and then I looked and the, it up. It,
1: the, the problem is they didn't tell you when, you're, when you go into it.
2: Yeah, that it's a fictional yeah. imagining of what her life would be. But it was all bullshit. No, this one is actually, from what I saw, I'm almost done with the movie. It is pretty accurate, but I want to finish it and then go back and like look at right any sort of discrepancies that there might be. But the movie, it's been done really well so far, and it helps that Queen Latifah is in it because she's... I love her. She's a great actress, and she does a really killer job portraying and Bessie. Her
0: pipes. Yeah. She
2: got that all bars. of the singing in there, I mean it's super interesting. So I would definitely recommend watching that before and we will give you even more detail that the movie doesn't get to get into. Um but yeah, so far so good on that film. Like the Buddy Holly one that I saw was also bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um they were just making it into a good movie, but Bessie Smith's life was interesting enough alone that they didn't really have to do a whole lot of embellishing. She was a really fascinating person so we will be back with that soon can't give you an exact date yet because i haven't looked at a calendar in a minute and every time Ooh. i try to give dates i always give them the wrong ones so, so i'm not gonna do matter. it don't do
0: it
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys for listening send us some ideas and like right. later My Music podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.